Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast, the review edition. And this is your colorful perspective into defending Jacob. Your favorite minorities are back and the report is in. My name is Raul Nevado, and here with me I have Mr. Mo Shama. Hello, everyone. And our producer and fellow critic, Drizzy Dre. What's up? You guys ready to get into it? Oh, yeah. So I want to start with this. Shama. Uh-oh. I know, that's always bad. You're the only person out of us that has children. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting Charles and Severus, my dogs, but they can't get away with anything. <laughs> I'm glad that you know that. They can't, they can't get away with anything. The moment, like the moment one of them, uh, I find a towel on the floor, all I got to do is lift it up and look at their eyes, and whichever one of them doesn't look at me <laughs> is guilty. This is great privilege. <laughs> so you have two daughters. Mm-hmm. As, as a parent... All right, putting yourself in, in, in the shoes of the topic that we're going to get into defending Jacob the show. I want to know, where would you lie? Like, like if, you, if one of your kids was accused of such a heinous thing, like committing murder or something like that. Like, would you be like, no way. With what I know of my daughters, absolutely not. But you said, would or, you lie? No, no, no. Not would you lie. Where would you lie? Where would you lie? Ah, where would you lie? Okay. Like, like or, or would you be like... Oh, maybe. <laughs> Man, it's really hard. Like, you know, like having an eight-year-old and five-year-old, you know, if you told me that, like my eight-year-old had like an iPad of somebody else or like something technology and my younger one took like a candy or something, I would have my doubts and belief at this moment, you know, like or eating something. But to think about murder and something huge. Well, I mean, so, so, so like if we take it down a notch, Okay. Let's say you drive up to school to pick up Lily, mm-hmm. and the principal's outside with Lily. Lily got tears on her face. You walk out, and the principal says, uh, nobody saw it, but Lily, uh, I don't know, uh, punched the kid in the face or uh, stabbed the kid with a pencil. He's fine. He just has a little cut, but the boy says Lily did it, and Lily starts crying. She says, I did not do it. Somebody else did it, or the boy fell and hurt himself. And I was right by him, and he thought I pushed him. Like, you know how there's some parents yeah. that are just like, they're yeah. just like they're gonna take their kid's side. Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll fight tooth and nail. My kid didn't do this. I I believe like the way I'm raising her now. I always tell her, always say the truth, even be straight, be like on the right path. It, even even if it like, will accuse you, just like say the truth, even to me. Like come to me and tell me the truth. So if she insisted in front of everyone that she didn't do it, I would take her side. I will not be this kind of parents that I would start like yelling and like, no, my daughter is like, but I would say, I do believe my daughter. Do you have a proof on her? If there is no proof, she's innocent till she's proven guilty. Me personally, when I go home, when I'm driving, thinking about it, I have doubts. Depends on things happened previously that can lead to this. It completely depends on the situation and depends on how she's acting when she grows up and how's everything go. But I will definitely take her side in front of the others, but to in a responsible, civilized, reasonable way. No proof, yeah. innocence. Okay. I wanted to ask because I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't have a child of my own, 
that I have witnessed so many parents, like even overwhelming evidence against their child having done something, even something simple, something silly, you know? They're like, no. And everybody's like, no, no, we saw them. Adults are like, no, no, we saw them. <laughs> they did it. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> he said yeah. he didn't do it. He didn't do it. <laughs> so I've always thought that was a, it's an, it's an interesting question, right? It's an, inter, it's an inter, interesting uh, perspective that I don't have. Again, because I don't have children. Makes sense. Knowing the kind of character that I have throughout my life, I've never been somebody who takes anybody else's opinion of somebody. So if somebody says my kid is violent and I've never seen that, I'm not going to believe them. I hang out with my kid more, way more than you do. If you, if you say you saw them doing something, I'm going to need more than one person because I don't know if there's any shadiness going Mm -hmm. down and this is a child and you're an adult. So I don't know if you're somebody who takes advantage of somebody or if you have an agenda or anything like that. Like, I don't know. But I, I hang out with my kid. I'm going to have a judgment character of them, and I will take it all the way through. I feel like I do the same way. Like, like it, it's one of those things, like, I know my kid. Like, if it's a kid v. kid thing, right? like, like one, my kid says he did not push this child. This child says he did. No one else witnesses. So it's this child's versus my child's. And I know my kid to, like, I've never seen him do anything, anything violent or anything. Like, no, like you cannot convince me otherwise, yeah. right? You Definitely. know, in um, what's that? Uh, Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's remi- it, it reminds me of the dilemma in Big Little Lies. You know, oh, you yes, have, yes, yes, yes. You have these two, you have these two children who witness violence on a daily, mm-hmm. and show violence towards each other. And the mom's like, "No, my kids would never do something like that. They are not their father." And then you have this other kid who's never shown anything of being violent. But all three children are related to a violent guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have, to sh- you have to go by what they've shown. I think what they've shown and how they interact with people is very true to somebody's character. Absolutely correct. Man, we started off heavy with a, with a heavy hitter of a question. And, and as it is, we're going to get into some difficult topics when talking about defending Jacob. Difficult indeed, but you know what is not difficult? Giving the show a follow at M Report Pod <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram, and hey, subscribing to the website for any and all new content. That's mreportpod.com. And send us an email at mreportpodcast at gmail.com. Like we said today on the report, we got defending Jacob. An assistant DA's world is shattered when his beloved son gets charged with murder. The creator and writer. Mark Bombeck, he wrote Rise of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes, so he has like cinematic experience. This show is based on the 2012 New York Times best-selling novel of the same name, written by William Landay, and directed by Morton Tildum. He directed Passengers and The Imitation Game. The show is starring our Captain America, Chris Evans. We saw him lately in Knives Out. Michelle Dockery, we saw her in The Gentleman and Downton Abbey. Jaden Martell, well known from It, Chapter 1 and 2, and J.K. Simmons from Whiplash and lots of other things. All right, so first off, let's discuss, of course, the beginning. And by the beginning, I mean the opening title sequence. That music you heard at the beginning is from that opening title sequence. 
And we're going to use this as a way to lead into a non-spoiler conversation before leading to our spoiler conversation in a, in a while. Um, but, man, that, guys, that opening yeah. title credit sequence, right? Seamless. Yes. Incredible. Yeah. It, I'm One of my favorite um, opening sequences or title sequences from uh, uh, Dexter. Have you seen it? Yeah. I love Dexter. Yeah. And it's and it uses objects to convey emotions, um, which just kind of does similarly, you know. But the way they transition from one object to the next, like transitioning from a knife to light coming through the bottom of a door, mm-hmm. seamlessly, like whoever made this needs to be proud. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then it moves to like I don't remember. It's like the light under the door. It goes and, from uh, the knife to the light under the door. To the street. Um, the street, and then there's a car, and then the car goes to a leaf. Leaf, yeah. And then the leaf transitions into branches, and the branches transition to a thumbprint, and the thumbprint transitions to a painted thumbprint on the door, and then that transitions into the door frame again with all three of them. What well, no, does the, the painted hands? Yeah, I just said that. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah. It, and then it goes. So painted thumbprint. I saw painted hands like. Yeah, thumbprint into the painted hands, yes. Uh, and then all three of them in the door frame. Yes, and then all yeah. three of them in the door frame. Yeah, and we end with the familiar image at the beginning, which is, is him under the door frame. The three of them. And it, it, yeah. It's great. It's really great. Like, and while the seamless transition is happening, the score is fantastic. Like, you feel like the the, the beat goes up and da- go up and down with every the shape of the of the of the, of the object, like or the the transition of the of the pictures. The it, I remember like the, the first episode, I listened to the score like three, four times back to back. Just like, wow, yeah. I like that. I enjoy that. I, I enjoy how it sounds dark, you know, like uh, it sounds dark. It looks dark. It gives this mood from the very beginning. It takes you there, you know, like let's go to this theme together. It's beautiful and eerie. Yeah. And like, it feels so simplistic. Um, but Empty, cold. Yes, cold. Lonely. Heavy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you hear that beautiful violin just carrying the weight mm-hmm. of the song. Yeah. It's it's something else. And then, the, like, I got to give it up to whoever individual or team was responsible for creating this credit sequence and, like, a- executing it the way they did. Like, it truly, it's like, if, if, guys, if you watch the show already or if you haven't like if you like make sure you do not skip the opening credit sequence every time like i know there are some people that like they don't even watch it the first time i always make sure to watch it at least one time i do the same yeah 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 like make sure you stick around like watch it once or twice like it really it's incredibly impressive i watch it majority of the times it's incredibly impressive really 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 cool again like we said the music is excellent but like the thing is like the the seamless transitions from one image to another to it's it's really incredible mm-hmm. it introduces us to to what's coming you know like Absolutely. Yeah. You see the cinematography there like the coloring the 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 light like the dark mood it's everything it's yeah and talking about the cinematography, like, in the mood, like, everything is so coherent. Like, everything flows. Everything looks like it all belongs. Nothing sticks out. This is, we're in this world. 
they play with like shadows, heavy shadows. Why? Because this is a heavy show. Mm-hmm. The content, right, is weighty. And so we're playing with darkness. We're playing with the shadows. There's like this grayish, bluish hue to everything, yeah. right? It's actually, it reminded me of some of the colors, some of the, yeah, some of that like white light and grayish, bluish tones that we get in like Passengers, which is also directed, like you said earlier, by Moore and Tildum. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, I like that he plays in this one as well with like that, the, it's not, we don't get the tungsten lighting, right? And, and we don't get like blue lighting. It's, it's like very like, it's pretty white and even. And it's e- muted blue. Yes. And it's, uh. Hazy. Yes. It, it uh, yeah. It's like this perpetual overcast lighting. Yeah. Right. And it, it, the whole thing, it just provides this incredible mood. Um, and, it, and it really adds, and, and that's great, like, talking about more until them. We know he's an experienced director. The, the Imitation Game is great. There is uh, <laughs> there's debate on Passengers. Um, but I enjoy Passengers overall. I don't, there are aspects that I'm not a big fan of, but, like, overall, like, he's, he's, he has a, a great eye. Mm, yeah, he does. Definitely. And he... In in this show, he he shows off. Correct. I I believe like he he he's trying to to make everything compatible. Like getting the colors from this side the, by by the even in, when they went to Mexico, you don't feel like it's bright like how it should be. We're still in this dull view of being cloudy because of the mood we are in throughout the show. Like in everything else, it's like it's more bright, like it's more sunny. It's, no, we don't feel it the same way. Something is covering our, even enjoying the, the beach and everything. No, something is, is hiding. Something is there overall. He also, he also plays so great. The cinematography in the show is, is we mentioned already, is great. His direction of the cinematography, it, again, just shows his skill. Like, and then this again, guys. This is non-spoiler. Um, right off the bat, we ha- we have there's like two. There's different things going on, but one of the things going on right off the bat is Andy, Chris Evans' character, is I don't I don't I, I can't think of the word that they use for this. But basically, there's a jury, there's him, and there's the DA, and they're having a preliminary. Thing is to to an, determine if it, is if, it an if indictment. Some, I, I I can't think of the word. It, it, it's like they're trying to determine if they're going to take somebody to trial or they're going to take something to trial, or if it's worth prosecuting. I guess um, somebody out there, just a lawyer out there, that's just like, no, that's not the proper lingo. <laughs> um, so anyway, and it, in those, it, it, there's this. Andy feels like he has this weight on his shoulders, and. The the lawyer, the DA is is above him, and, and he plays with these low angles and these tighter angles on Andy. And as the show progresses, these angles, these shots start getting tighter on him. Less space, less breathing room. It sounds like it's an indictment hearing. Indictment hearing. Desiree looked it up. There you go. Yeah, I charged a felony or serious crime. Um it's based upon there's like witness testimony and there's people there. And then the judge will decide whether there's enough evidence to take it to trial. 
boom. What is it again? Indictment hearing? Yeah. Boom. Indictment hearing. So, and in this, like, like we, we don't know exactly what's going on yet, but like as the show progresses, you can see those, those shots getting closer, getting tighter. Yeah. As as it it all feels like it's 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 weighing. The further we get in this indictment hearing, everything weighs heavier on him, and so he's able to play with those shots that like it, it, it makes you feel as the audience the 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 anxiety and the claustrophobic nature of like what he's him being with. yes of what he's feeling. He's he feels trapped. He has to be here, right? Yeah. I love the idea of him directing all the episodes. It made it like look like a, a, a movie, like a, a long yeah, oh, movie. Yeah. And he's using, as you said, every skill to add to add to every technicality, like between like coloring, like cinematography, um, the, the writing, the script. The script is really good. Like from my point of view, I really I enjoyed it. So everything is compatible. The casting, Chris Chris Evans and Jada Martel. Are having one of their best performances ever. I really did enjoy the overall performance. Michelle, she's maintaining constant good performances throughout the show, but she so she shows exceptional acting in two or three scenes that we really needed from her. So it was it was good, definitely good good casting and and, and adhere to everything else. Everything yeah. is in a good harmony. Yeah, the kid does a great job. He does, especially. I, I feel like there's one particular scene where he has like a rock star moment, mm-hmm. but he does do it. He does do a good job, and he does exactly what we need him to do, right? As the story needs him to perform. And talking on the uh, on the writing, and then both some more the direction again. Like it's a it's a great sign of of good writing and direction that the pacing of this show feels so good. Mm-hmm. Where nothing feels like it drags for too long. I feel like I know Shama, you have some issue with one or two of the episodes in the middle. I don't remember feeling the same issues, but like to me, the episodes paced very well. I believe because you connected uh, three, four, and five together, and I had and I saw sure, 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 sure. four, and I stopped. So four made me like worried because I had to wait and and see what can happen next. So I, I, I wasn't happy with how it ended, and it opened lots of ideas in my mind how the show would progress. So yeah, the only episode we really had to wait for was eight, the last one. Yeah. So. What an episode to wait on. And also, I don't have to say, I, I don't think it's a spoiler for me to say, like, that this, one of the episodes in this show, I don't think it's a spoiler for me to say what episode it is, right? Episode seven <laughs> <laughs> um, has one of the best courtroom procedural sequences I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It's it's excellent. And I have to highlight the judge was so he did a great job and he was so well directed. Why did it like I I've mentioned this a couple times to people in passing and I feel like they're always just like, oh, okay, the judge. Like there's one thing that bothers me in other courtroom procedurals, and that is the judge acts like he like like he, he, he's he, distant. He's distant. Yes, he's distant. But he makes decisions like this. Like it's just like uh, you know uh, what's it Superficial, called? Superficial, uh, like or like no, 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 instantaneous. No, when when they, the the, law, the no the thing no, that the, sorry. the thing that the lawyers say. Oh, overruled. 
No, that's what the judge says. Oh, objection, objection, objection. objection. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and, and, and other ones is like, objection, sustained. You know, leading the witness. Like, no, this judge, I love his conviction and I love his thoughtfulness. Like, they directed him to take his time at times. Like, like hey, objection, he's doing this. And then you can see that he's just like, oh, and he gives it some thought and he's just like, sustained. You can tell he he's 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 truly trying to be unbiased, and you can tell that he is going to do his job to the best of his ability. But he doesn't like he doesn't like the position he's in. Yeah, because there's a kid involved. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with what you said. And mentioning this reminds me that the whole show, even in the most crucial moments, they have a low tone. They are not yelling or shouting. Everything is like going yeah, smoothly. Yeah. Even mentioning this judge made me remind, like, remember how, how to get away with murder. And like, when I'm watching this show, everything like happens quickly. I don't, I say every time that even the judge have a minute for her to think about what she just heard, you know? Yes. And here, exactly. no, they take their time. He takes his time. He was a good cast. He was great. And he was very well directed. Very, very well directed. Um, well, guys, I don't, I, like, I don't think we can talk a whole lot more without getting into spoilers. I think it's fair. Unless anybody else has anything to say, we're going to do spoiler warning right here. Let's get into spoilers. Yeah. So guys, that's your warning. Moving forward, we will be getting into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, listen, it's a great, great, Go great watch. Go see it. You'll eat it up. Yeah, it's a, it's a great watch. Um, and you can finish it in one day. You, absolutely. And then you can come back. And listen to our spoiler-filled conversation. So, spoilers. Yeah. First of all, the impressive production, the cast, as we said earlier, the well-written script, everything added a strong value to the crime drama, despite the repeated content itself. The ending of the show enhanced the overall viewing experience, placing us, like the audience, in the parents' shoes. Sometimes like we, we, we get like we felt blind like that. We are blind about the truth and actually hesitant in knowing more. Mm. Sometimes you stop like mm, I don't wanna know anything else. I'm good with what I'm here. Now Shama, you said you said that you felt the content is repeated. Do you mean like like it's recycled? Because I ask whether or not you meant recycled, because like I'm reading a book right now. And like I feel like people take recycled as like unoriginal storytelling. And I'm reading a book right now. It's uh, Wise Man's Fear, and uh, there's a quote that says, "Stories don't have to be new to bring you joy." Oh, actually, absolutely correct. Like this quote, I I I do agree with it. The story is not recycled at all. Like I meant, like. Despite the story or like the whole show is being a, a, a crime mystery about a dead body of a teenager and we're in a small town, like lots sure. of movies, lots of shows that dealt with this story. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so now that you say it. But when you first said that, I was like, what are you talking about? I've never seen anything like this. I know we didn't see like the whole thing together. But when you saw when you see the trailer, when you see the first episodes, OK, we have seen this before. Yeah, we, we appreciate this. And this what, what I said, the, what they did as, as a repeated story or something, it does not devalue the content they are providing. 
neither the innovation of, 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 of the conclusion, like the conclusion we experienced at the end of the show, it, it, it looked clear, like not, no, I, I, I'm not, I don't mean it's recycled at all, at all. Like I meant the whole thing looks like this, but we concluded with, uh, with something great. Now you mentioned at the end of the show, I, like I was completely shocked with the mom driving the car into the wall. Yeah. yeah. I, I was livid. Well, yeah, I remember that. Like, because so, then we get to the hospital. I'm pretty sure I called her a bad name. <laughs> yes, they wrote it so well that they got the perfect reaction, the reaction they were expecting. They got it from Desiree. When the mom starts showing concern for Jacob in front of Andy, saying how she can't believe the accident happened. Oh, they, yeah, Desiree was like, I hate her. Like, I, like <laughs> And they get you mad. Before revealing that she doesn't remember. Doesn't well, matter if she remembers or not. She did it. Well, does she? Like, she might remember. Because, she, like, one sentence that stood out for me is she says, what if he wakes up and thinks? And then she starts crying. Exactly. And he's like, no, no, he's not going to think. No, it was an accident. Of course. I had this feeling that, like, oh, my God. What what if he, he, he thinks about, you know, like, what, what, what would she say? What would she do, you know? I think I'm sorry. She's worried about him thinking that she tried to kill him. Well, yeah. He's that, been worried this whole time about his mother not believing him. Well, well, think think of it this way. Like, I think it makes it even more like exceptional writing to believe that she does remember and that she is lying because she feels guilty. She's worried about either going to jail or her husband leaving her or whatever because now she regrets it or whatever the situation may be because it puts her in the same situation that she believes her son was in and she was in the position of Andy right like she was in the dark she didn't know what happened and she felt that he was lying right that that last thing before the crash she says tell me did you do it and he says no I didn't do it she says I don't believe you and he says mom I didn't do it I don't believe you and she 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 asked him for the truth he says he didn't do it, and she still doesn't believe him. And now the role is is reversing. She's worried that she's going to be in the position that she like she's going to have to lie. She, 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 you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like she's now lying, and she's covering for herself, and she's hoping that her son doesn't remember what she did. Yeah, the I role do is not, not like reversed. her right now. It's a, it's rough. It's hard. It's raw. Exactly. <laughs> Brutal hard. Like rough. I don't want to think about it. Like, it's too much. Yeah. But it was, it was outstanding. Also, I love the idea. The show's called Defending Jacob. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the entire time I'm like defending Jacob. Okay. So the show, the parents are defending Jacob. I love that the entire show, we are defending Jacob, but who is defending Jacob changes. Because at first, we have the parents defending Jacob. The lawyer comes in and defends Jacob. We go to trial defending Jacob. And then where do we end? With the prosecutor. The, and the entire time, we think that the dad is still defending Jacob in the indictment hearing. But in reality, it's now the, pros- the, the, yeah, the prosecutor who was once trying to indict Jacob, who is defending Jacob. Convict Jacob. Sure, he was trying to convict Jacob, whatever. 
I don't know legal jargon. I'll talk to my aunt later. Um, and now his his role is reversed. Now he's defending Jacob, and Andy, without knowing it, is the one in opposition of Jacob. And that was great. That was really like a brilliant, how they put it together. Every time, like, which side? Everybody's defending Jacob. Every, so, mani- yeah. so, so manipulative of the, of the DA when he says, you know, let's get justice for Jacob. So let's talk now about uh, one of the other standout performances of the show. The man, the myth, the J. Jonah Jameson himself. Mr. J.K. Simmons. How can an actor be so versatile and bald? He's oh. bald. Yes, like he can't change his hair. Like it's like he's just one. Like he's just always oh. going to be bald. Oh wow! But he has like uh, wigs. He put wigs a lot. So I've never seen him in a but wig. But not lately. Not lately. As Jonah Jameson, he he wears the. Same. I'm giving him a compliment. The fact that yeah, he's absolutely. so versatile. Uh, absolutely, he is. He, he is an incredibly. Incredibly talented actor. Like we've seen him play a role that's similar to this in Whiplash. He's incredible in Whiplash. But it's interesting. To, did he win the, the Oscar? Yeah, for he won the Oscars for the Whiplash. I thought so. Um, it's inter- interestingly enough, like the the rapist murderer he plays in in defending Jacob. I feel is less of a sociopath than the music instructor he plays in Demi and Chazelle's uh, debut feature. So you think you have to be a sociopath to rape and murder somebody? Uh, it's, it's not, that's not my point. Okay. He doesn't strike me as a sociopath. Well, that's all. not my point. Okay. My point is that the guy in whiplash is a more, is more of a bad guy. Feels like more of a bad guy. Sure. Than, than his character in this show. Man, how good was he? J.K. Simmons portraying this character, I believe it's 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 a perfect cast, perfect choice. And I I know that like they they took a while to choose uh, who will play this character because like it doesn't have that much scenes, but it has great impact. Yeah, but, they're important scenes. Exactly, and and they took their time uh, picking uh, who who will portray it. The idea about like a grandfather that did one of the worst inhumane crimes. He is trying to care for his family through guilt, regret for what he put them through by committing another crime. Wow. Like committing another crime to save his grandson from having a dark future. These complexities in characters always shock me. How people can justify killing for saving? Not only is he trying to keep his grandson from having a dark future, but he specifically, he's, He's trying to keep his grandson from having his life as his future. Des actually hated, hated the fact that I kept like liking or feeling some sort of sympathy towards him when he was talking with Andy on the phone. But like, isn't that the sign of a well-written bad guy? It is the sign of a well-written bad guy, but it's also like I can't be swayed no matter how well you write somebody. It doesn't change the fact that they raped and, yeah. and murdered somebody. He's a rapist, yeah. It's like, we can like this guy, but we feel, I don't know how, I feel like we feel more sympathy towards grandpa than we do about the pedophile who got wrongfully accused. Mm, interesting. Like the, the pet, like none of us feel like any kind of way towards the pedophile. I felt, no, no, I felt bad for the pedophile. The problem with, with him is that he, 
he still seemed to be in that same place, right? He he was only we only saw him truly afraid when he felt like he was going to get in trouble, right? When the cops showed up or whatever, then he was like shaking in his boots. But we still saw him looking at kids inappropriately and other boys, and like you know he had those photos on his phone. So like I don't know. I feel like it's different, but even then, yeah, but we don't know what grandpa would be like. Sure, 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 sure. But even then, like, 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 no one, but at least very few people are like one hundred percent evil, right? And like, he's he's been in prison a long time, right? And probably regrets regrets some of the time he's missed. Like Shama said, like the damage he did to his kid and the connection he wishes he could have had with him. Now that being said, one cliche I am glad the writers didn't write themselves into. It's the one where he's the bad guy that, like, you know, feels bad. Oh, all those years ago, I feel bad for having raped that girl. Like, I regret it. Like, we never get even a hint that he regrets or feels any remorse. We we also don't get him, like, acting like he might not have done it. No, he did it. There is no doubt. And by the end, we know that he is still capable of doing it again, of making a decision of taking somebody else's life. Exactly. He doesn't regret at what he did at all. Like he probably regrets getting caught, but that's bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because because like he's he's killing just like to save again. So he's not regretting what he did. And also he's trying to redeem himself for his son. His son like keeps like having this distant feeling about from from his, from his dad because of what what's known like uh, what his dad did every everyone in his life and that's why he's trying to succeed and prove himself and he doesn't want this uh, to happen and and all these things, like when, when I know about the J.K. Simmons character and what's going on, I said, wow, so all these scenes with Chris Evans looking at something like, man, what's wrong? Like, do you have doubts? Like, what, what's in your mind about your son? Because of this, like, he, he thought, like, it will happen again with his, you know, like. Uh, and those are, those are great scenes where he talks to Andy. Like, you can see him softening more and more with every conversation that he has with him. And I love that towards the end, we get to the point where he's like. I did, like, I made this decision. I did this for you, and I know I'll get nothing from it because I know this is probably going to be the last time I see you. But you know what? I, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate this time that I did get to spend with you. Mm. And again, Perfect. no regret. No regret, exactly. Of what he did. Yes, yes. And it's well written, well directed, like this. It's well yeah. performed, definitely. So it's excellent. It, it really is excellent. So before we get it into our report cards here, I, I, I'm curious. I want to ask the question that they didn't answer on the show, mm-hmm. and that is, guys, did Jacob do it? Man, that's that's hard to say. Like Jacob's unusual behaviors can imply that he might have killed Ben. The way um, he has been being bullied by classmates. Maybe this has pushed him to say things or comments to seek more attention. He's he's shy. He's not popular. Maybe the, the words he said, the drawings, the, yeah, he's talented and he's showing his talent, but it's all about, okay, I'm doing something. And that's why it might imply that, that he did it. Some of his facial reactions in certain scenes show that he, he obviously recognizes that his parents aren't convinced of his innocence, especially in the car with his mom. So I can say yes upon this. It, it, it's hard to decide. 
putting myself in the teenage time, I will say he didn't do it. As a parent, I can say uh, he might have done it. No, I don't think he did it at all. I don't think he's shown any signs of guilt, but I don't think he's somebody who doesn't have emotions. I think he's not showing signs of guilt because he's not guilty. I think he's afraid. I believe that he may have found the body. And so he's afraid. But as far as like, he didn't, he didn't hide the knife that he had. He didn't, he didn't feel like he needed to defend himself. I just think he's a scared, emotional kid who was easy to blame because of the things like you said, that he was weird or lonely and all these things. He's an easy target. And we, we don't ever want to believe that the charismatic ones are ever to blame. I think he's That's innocent. Fair. And I am dis, I am so disappointed and frankly, a bit disgusted with his mother. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad for him. And I don't believe he did it. I actually believe that it could have been the other kid who's the, what is he, a lacrosse player or something? Yeah. Um, because he's shown signs of trying to deal with the situation before. He's an athlete. He's also in the same popular circle, which there could be rivalry there that we haven't been shown because the story is about Jacob. And he likes a girl that this guy wronged. Mm-hmm. It could have easily gone this way. I mean, Jacob's a scrawny kid. He's not, I mean, I guess he could have come from behind and stabbed him, but I, I really feel like it, there could have been a struggle there. And I think somebody stronger would have been it. Involved. I think it was Sarah. <laughs> oh, okay. I love that. I love that to ev- that we, ha- we are doing this. That everybody has. Done I think it. she did it. Listen, let me tell you something. They, they they got to go through Ben's phone. The parents had to give him the give them the code to the phone, mm-hmm. and they didn't find anything included in the photos of Sarah. Why? Oh, they didn't find the photos of Sarah. No. That's right. Um. So I think the lacrosse player could have been involved. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I don't think Jacob did it. Um, yeah, especially when I don't know. At the beginning of the last episode, I just felt he didn't do it. And the girl in Mexico shows up again, and I'm just like, okay. Whew. No, I definitely think he didn't do it. And that was smart from them to to change it to this way, like to that, now, that she shows. It's up. interesting. The book has a completely different ending. Yeah, in the book. The girl in Mexico. Oh, she did. It's just too much of a coincidence. And then yes, and then I think that's why they went against it. And then in uh, in the accident, also in the book, Jacob actually ends up dying instantaneously. Big difference. Interesting. Um, wow. Big, yeah, big, big, big difference. Um, I'm glad they didn't choose that route. <laughs> I'm happy with the route they did choose. Yeah, I think it would have been too big of a coincidence for us to accept that maybe he's not guilty. I, I do want to say, like, I, I find it completely appalling. Yes, I'm going to use that word. That people feel the need to go and review this show incredibly poorly. I'm talking about ones and twos out of ten. Yeah, no way. Just, yeah, just because they don't like that they don't give us a, a, a solid answer on who killed Ben. Right? And, and, and as an audience member, like, I understand it. I get the frustration. I was there. But as a creative person, 
thinking about it, like I realized the story isn't about answering the question of who did it. It isn't even about answering the question of whether or not Jacob did it. It's about the journey of the parents. It's about love. Love for your child, for your spouse, for your grandchild, for your neighbors and strangers. It's about the price of love and ultimately what we are willing to do or not do because of it. So let's get into the report cards. Dre, where are you at? Yeah, the 9.5. Shama? Uh, nine? A solid nine. I'm at a solid nine as well. So the cumulative and report card is a 9.16, which I think is solid. Yeah. So basically you should see the show. <laughs> which is where it would be if so many people had not gave it ones and twos and just put on the review. One person said, despite what Hollywood writers believe, no one likes open-ended endings. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they're right. Like majority of people don't like open-ended and a lot of people do mess up open-ended. A lot I of people don't mess think up open-ended. this is one of them. Correct. It's just, it's just they're, they're missing what the show is actually about. But I don't blame. Like we spend seven hours wondering who did it and did he do it? And then at the end they're like, oh, that's not what this is about. It's tough. I get it. Well, that's it, guys. That's our review of the Apple TV original series, Defending Jacob. We hope you guys enjoyed our conversation on it. It was uh, surprisingly introspective. But, hey, we hope we gave you a new perspective, maybe a new appreciation for it if you saw it. If you have not seen it and chose to listen through anyway, believe us, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. Definitely. Everyone, make sure you get at us on all the socials at mreportpod. You can like, subscribe, comment, share. Guys, leave us a review. Go to Apple Podcast and rate us, review us. You can find me at Mohamed Sharma on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Ezerphoto, E-Z-E-R. And you can find me at mreportpod on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, be part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours. Minorities report. Peace.